0: Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Like Michael said, um, we are going through or we're, we're, we're gonna be doing, uh, my messages on the Beatitudes today. And, uh, the Beatitudes is this beginning of a sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and the, the beginning of it is just this list of, of blessings. And so I thought that it might be cool for me. I kind of, I kind of took that idea and I, I created a list of blessings. Like if we fast forwarded to current day and what the blessings might sound like if Jesus was here in person, um, in 2023. So, uh, And again, those of you guys who are Jesus followers, you know that pronouncing a blessing over someone was a common thing to do. Um, They did it all throughout the Old Testament. So I wanted to kind of start our service pronouncing a blessing in kind of the same way. So here here we go. Um, Blessed are the down and out. Blessed are the unemployed, the underemployed. Blessed are those without health insurance, without savings. Blessed are those who are swimming in debt and just aren't sure how they're going to make it. Blessed are those who have very little to offer. Blessed are the unattractive, the uncool, the overweight. Blessed are the acne-havers, the unfashionable, the awkward. Uh, Blessed are the slow-witted. Blessed are the ignorant. Blessed are the person who posts on social media and has nobody respond to their posts. Blessed are the sad. Blessed are the embarrassed, the depressed, the ones who just can't seem to get their mental health straight. Uh, Blessed are the ones who are enduring the failure of another relationship, another marriage, uh, the the failure of the relationship with their children. Um, Blessed are the ones uh, whose lives communicate that they love money more than people. Blessed are the arrogant. Blessed are the ones who've taken advantage of those who they should have helped. Blessed are the ones who have to learn the hard way every single time. Blessed are the ones who struggle with their sexuality. Blessed are the messed up. Blessed are the ones who consistently get life wrong. Blessed are the ones who just won't listen. Blessed is the little guy. Blessed are the ones who gets who, who the one who gets stomped on, who gets passed over, who gets canceled, or just looked over. And blessed are all of them, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I got two gifts I um I put out here purposely uh as, as a part of our service, part of my message. Um obviously one one gifts in a, in a in a paper bag and one gifts in this lovely looking bag. My friends, um Jasmine and Courtney are gonna come help me with these these gifts. Um come on girls Yeah. Yeah yeah, that, that, yeah these mm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I was supposed to say Courtney, then Jasmine (laughs) by age. (laughs) Um, So uh, pick a number between one and five. uh, Four. Four. Okay, the number was one. So you get to choose first. Uh, Choose which one you want, but don't open it yet. Yep, good choice, good choice. You get the other. All right, so why don't you open your gift? first and sh- let everyone know what you got there is oh it's in there it, it, it's it, it's in the uh oh, I like, yeah i got ten dollars ten dollars jasmine better keep going <laughs> $10, $10, thank you, ladies. Would you get up for these ladies for helping me out? $10 for you, $10 for you. That was the easiest $10 you're ever going to make in your life. Thank you, ladies. I want to come back to that. Before I had a job here um, for our, at our church, I used to travel um, and I would I'd teach students about Jesus. Uh, so nearly every time I would present a message, it would be in a different place. Uh, so and again, so there's lots of fun things about that one of the fun things about that is you begin to learn what works, what part of your messages work working, what parts are, don't work, what parts are memorable um, and you learn your jokes that work, you learn uh, stories that move people, so before long you're able to narrow down your message to just the best of the best of the best parts and that's, you know, that's really fun, it's really great um, and every, every, everywhere you go people think you're a better speaker than you really are Jesus was a traveling preacher and he had a go-to message that he would repeat over and over and over again in different forms while he's physically here on earth. So many Bible nerds think that uh, the Sermon on the Mount that we're going to talk about today is Jesus' go-to message, that he would repeat this message over and over and over again. And when he shows up, he says, this is the kingdom of God. This is what I mean when I say the kingdom of God. And it, it's, it's a super exciting message that if you're a Christian and you've read it for a long time, you start to get used to it and it's, it's just it loses its power. Um, that, happen, that happens to me often. Um, something I've read a lot loses its power. So Jesus is, um, if he was here in person today, maybe this is the message that he would say to us. And I assume that if he did say it to us, we'd want to record it and listen to it over and over again. Like, Jesus, what did he, what did he mean by that? Or what did... One of the things that preachers are taught in preacher school, when you go to seminary or you go to, you're in college and you're learning this thing, is how you start a message is really important. And that you use it to draw people in. Jesus does this here. when He starts his message in this way. He says this, which Michael just read. I'll, read. I'll read it again just for funsies for us. It says, blessed. Think, 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 about, think about what he's saying here. Think about, think about in real life what, what he's saying here. and Think about hearing it for the first time ever in your life. Matthew 5. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, you're blessed then. Rejoice and be glad, because Great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Um, think about this. If you ever use the word blessed, it's kind of a spiritual or a religious word. If you ever use the word blessed, I want you to think about how you use it or what you typically mean when you use the word blessed. What do you mean when you say it? I, I, I for real want you to think about that. If you use the word blessed or if you ever use the word blessed, what do you mean when you say that word what I typically mean is, I'm getting what I want." Right? Uh, you get to buy your big dream home and you say something, or you, you, you take a picture of it, and you post it and you say, "We're so blessed." Or um, you, you get a clean bill of health and you say something like, we're so blessed. Um, I, I searched the hashtag blessed on social media f- preparing for this. And I found that um, when a person was posting on, their personal, on, their, on their, post, their personal feed, the hashtag blessed was most used when people were on vacation. And I think that's interesting. Um, and so the question that I want to attach to that is, is that what Jesus means when he uses the word blessed when he opens up his sermon. Um, I tend to think of the word blessed when everything is right in my world. Um, When I'm sitting down to dinner with my family and we're, we're, you know, all of them are there. uh, I I feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm just so blessed. I'm not sure Jesus and I mean the same thing when we use the word blessed because what he's saying seems to be something quite a bit different than how I use it. So my definition of blessed is different than how Jesus would use the word. I think, I think that I'm right because there are places in the Bible where people are blessed when things are going their way. Like the Bible says, you're blessed and this is why. Let me show you this example. So in Deuteronomy 7, this is, um, this is talking about God's people. It says, pay attention to the laws of the Lord your God. Be careful to obey them. Then he will keep his covenant of love with you. That's what he promised to your people of long ago. And then listen to this. The Lord will love you and bless you. So, pause. Obey me, do what I say. Then, what it sounds like it's saying is, then the Lord will love you and bless you. He'll cause there to be many of you. You have lots of kids. He'll give you many children. He will bless the crops of your land. He will give you plenty of grain, olive oil, and fresh wine. He'll bless your herds with many calves. He'll give your flocks many lambs. He'll do all these things for you in the land of Canaan. It's the land he promised your people of long ago that he would give you. He will bless you more than any other nation. All your men and women will have children. All your livestock will have little ones. The Lord will keep you from getting sick. That is what I mean when I use the word blessed or blessing or I feel blessed. That's, this is basically what I mean. And this is in the Bible. This is the kind of blessed that I'm talking about. And if God loves me, if I obey God, he loves me and he blesses me. And I have you know many children. Um, it, it, when he's blessing me, I have plenty of food. When he's blessing me, then my business is booming. There's farming in this context. God blesses me and keeps me from getting sick. That's the kind of blessing that I like or I'm talking about when I use the word blessing. I think that, I'm, I'm gonna assume for you, I think that this is what we all feel or what we think You know, blessing means. This is what, when we think of the word blessed, this is what comes to our mind. So Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about when you're saying things like blessed are the poor or blessed are people who mourn. Nobody wants that. No one wants that. None of us want that. But apparently they are, they are blessed. The unspoken assumption was that um, if you don't have the things that were mentioned here in Deuteronomy, you're not blessed. This is what it means to be blessed. So if you don't have these things, then you're not blessed. And, and, And obviously here's our dirty little secret. We assume the same thing. We assume the same thing. These guys all the way back in the Old Testament, this is what they assumed and this is what we assume too. When I have these things, I'm blessed. And if I don't have those things, Jesus shows up in his sermon. If you put this into context, and this is, what, this is what I mean about when we read the Bible, we get used to it, we don't really hear it. He shows up and he says, okay, blessed are the poor in spirit. And blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the people who aren't getting what they want. When he starts off his sermon like that, everyone's like, Wait, what? Why? Because they're used to hearing blessed are the people who aren't sick and who get what they want. So let's back up and look at who Jesus is talking to when he gives this sermon because that matters. Um, that, really, that, that matters a lot. Let's, let, let's, I'm going to show you who he's talking to. So listen to this. Jesus went all over Galilee. There he taught in the synagogues. He preached the good news of God's kingdom. He healed every illness and sickness the people had. News about him spread all over Syria. People brought to him all who were ill with different kinds of sicknesses. Some were suffering great pain. Others were controlled by demons. Some were shaking wildly. Others couldn't move at all. And Jesus healed all of them. Large crowds followed him. People from Galilee, from the area known as the Ten Cities, and from Jerusalem and Judea. Others came from the areas across the Jordan River. Jesus saw the crowds, so he went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them. Right after this, Jesus launches into his blessing intro sermon on the mountain, the, 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 the who's blessed speech. So who's Jesus talking to? Disciples. Um, it, it says his disciples came to him. So sometimes when we use the word disciples, uh, we mean the 12 disciples. This, in this context it means a bigger group than that. It means pe- just people who are following Jesus. Um, so Jesus is talking to disciples, but not just that. He's talking to disciples with some commitment. Um, Matthew tells us that before Jesus starts talking, he starts giving this message, he goes up on a mountainside before he taught them. Um, He does some hiking. Why? Why? Jesus is standing right there. The crowds are all around him. And then before he does his message, he hikes up a mountain. Why does he do that? He could have just taught everybody right there. And you know, you know that there were some people there when he starts hiking up a mountain, they're like, I ain't, okay. <laughs> Let me know when you come back down, bro, because I'm not going up the mountain. Some people had gathered out, you know, just because of curiosity or because everyone else was doing it. Jesus cuts through all that and just says, okay, hey guys, we're climbing a mountain. And I, wonder, I, and I wonder if I would have climbed the mountain with him. Um, last week, um, I was super grateful for Pastor David. He got to speak, for, uh, speak to you guys. Super grateful for him. I was in California um, seeing my brother-in-law. And while I was there, we went to Palm Springs. And at the, at the, the top of Palm Springs is a mountain. In Palm Springs that day, it was like 98 degrees. Brutal. Like walking down the street was brutal. So if I had to follow someone up a mountain to get to hear what they said that day, I I, I need to really, really like them. (laughs) There are people surrounding Jesus who most certainly didn't follow him up the mountain. Some of you guys know the, I've shared with you guys some of of you before, the story of Jim Jones, the cult leader, uh, in the 70s, I think, uh, Jim Jones gets, gets a ton of people to follow him down to South America. They were in California. He gets a ton of people to follow them down to South America. Um, and when I hear that story, I always think, how did he get those people to follow him down to South America? Like, if I stood up here in front of you guys and tried to get you guys to go down to, to, to Toledo, you would be like, I'm not, I ain't going down there. How does he get all those people to go down there? They were desperate. They were desperate for hope, and Jim Jones gave them something to hope in. He promised them a better life. And of course, he didn't deliver. But the people who followed them were poor and brokenhearted, the ones without options. The people who had options, they were like, this guy's crazy. The people who followed him were the poor in spirit. Clearly, Jesus is infinitely better than Jim Jones. <laughs> but the people who followed Jesus up that mountain were the people, were the ones with no options. They were the ones who were, who were unembraced, the unloved, the sick, the widows, the demon-possessed. The people who followed him up the mountain, they were the, they were the desperate ones. They were the ones who everybody discarded. They, they're the people who had heard all their lives that they're not the blessed ones. Others have told them they're not blessed, and then they told themselves they've heard it enough. I'm not the blessed one, so they think God's forgotten them. And most people considered those people who follow up follow Jesus up that mountain. They consider them disposable. They consider them like throwaway people. So then, having that in mind, having that—that's the group of people who follow Jesus up that mountain. When they get up there. Jesus sits down. He says this to them. He says this to that group of people. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you think that they ever heard anybody tell them that they were blessed? Jesus said, follow me up this mountain. They go up there and they surrounded him. They say, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. That, that is so counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive for us, but it's so counterintuitive for them. People who inherited the earth were people who were aggressive and took what they want. Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, because they're going to inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. At that time, so you guys know, Christians, people who were Jewish, they didn't want a peacemaker. They wanted somebody to come and rule with power. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So let me, let me, let me have you think about this. Have you ever felt, maybe you had an opinion, you had something in your life that made you feel stupid or crazy. Or you had a learning disability that made you feel like, I I must be an imbecile. And then you're diagnosed. And then a therapist, your parent, your friend, your grandma, somebody pulls you aside and says, you're not stupid. You're not crazy. jesus is doing that for this group of people he says you guys gather around me gather around me he says you are blessed blessed are the poor in spirit i see you i acknowledge your existence you are not disposable so I'd love for you to do this for me. So, if you're a part of our church family and you consider me your pastor in any way, shape, or form at all, I'd love for you to do this for me. Next week, I want us to think together about what Jesus means in each of these statements. Um, During this during this week, would you read Matthew five one through twelve? This called the Beatitudes, the intro to the Sermon on the Mount. Read it in different versions. Uh, read it in the King James, read it in the Message Version, read it in the NIV, read it in all. Some of you guys are Bible nerds and you have commentary books. Before you go and jump into your commentary books, would, would you read it and just write down what you think it means before you before you do that? And then can, you can compare with what your published commentaries say. Next Sunday, I'd love for you to do this. I'd love for you to bring your preferred Bible. Um, maybe that's an electronic Bible, maybe that's a paper Bible, but I would love for you to bring your Bible. I'd love for you to share what you learned this week, diving into scripture, reading what Matthew wrote down for yourself. What does Jesus mean when he's saying these words to this group of people? What does he mean? Write down your thoughts, write down your thoughts come willing to share and ask questions, or do both come ready to talk together about what Jesus meant when he said this, uh, Before I uh, before I let you go, let me just share a few thoughts as as we prepare to end today, though. So, I want you to notice that Jesus is introducing a new kingdom, a new a new way of thinking about justice, a new th- way of thinking about this is this is what it means to be human. He's introducing that to, to people who've, who've just not heard about that. So, in the past, God used the approach of "obey me and I'll bless you." Um. That was, that was what they knew. That was, that was intuitive to them. Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven has come near. And it says that blessed are all of you. Um, so the wealthy people and the smart people and the healthy people, um, the, the likable people, the kingdom of heaven has come near and you're blessed. They all knew that. They'd all heard that their whole lives. Um, and, and again, maybe not in the way they expected to be blessed, but they're, they're blessed. They've heard that their entire lives, and they've told themselves that. We have the money and the homes and the vacations, and we have what we want, so we're very blessed. They've heard that forever about themselves, and in a way, it's true. So we accept that. Jesus shows up and then right-sizes everything, though. He tells the people who are desperate and in debt and who are unlikable and just—who are sinners and just a mess just— They can't keep their lives together. They've never heard anyone say to them before, you are blessed. Jesus gathers that group of people and says, you are blessed. You are blessed. So in this object lesson, at the beginning where Courtney and Jasmine came up and helped me, um, one bag is a paper bag, greasy and messed up. And one bag is a gift bag that you'd expect to see at somebody's birthday party. Inside of each of the bags is $10. The value of what's inside of each of the bags is the same. That is what Jesus did when he called those people up the mountain. He says, come up the mountain with me. Sit around with me. He says, I'm right-sizing everything. Those people sitting around him, they thought that their value was this. And he says, no, 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 no. And all those people who didn't follow Jesus up, they think their value is this. And he says, no, 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 no. You guys have the same value. And you look at this group of people and you think, they have no, they're disposable. Nobody's, God's not blessing them. And Jesus says, I am here to bless them. They are both blessed. He's saying, in my kingdom, we are going to value things differently. We are going to, we're going to see the blessing in people that we normally see as disposable. So Jesus offers this kind of justice, a kind of right-sizing of everything. And to those who've assumed that they're blessed because they act better or they're good, you know, they, they follow the rules better, then it feels like bad news to them because they're like, oh, oh, but it's still good news. But all those people that that are standing around Jesus, it feels like good news to them because nobody's ever told them they're blessed. No one's ever told them that. Jesus right-sizes everything. He right-sizes everything. He's saying, I'm raising you up, which feels good. And it is good news. It is good news. Jesus is fulfilling a prophecy about himself. I want to read to you. This is from the the book of Isaiah. Listen to this. He says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Some of you know that hundreds of years After this is written, Jesus actually stands up somewhere. He stands up in a synagogue and he says, he reads this and he says, this is me. This this verse is talking about me. So in just a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. And I would like communion to be a time of joining with Christ and saying the, the words of Isaiah um, it's saying the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. It's in me. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, um, to proclaim freedom for captives, uh, to re- the, re- the release from darkness for prisoners. And so during this time of communion, I want us to join with Christ and communicate to people the world has deemed Disposable and say to them the words with our words and with our life you are blessed you are blessed you are blessed how can you do that with your life how can you do that with your life who do you need to do that with your life how can you do that with your life who do you need to do that to with your life so later later today in just a few minutes we're going to we're going to talk about a way that we can do that. You'll have an opportunity to do that. In the coming weeks, I'll share with you a couple other ways that we can do that together as a church. But during this time of communion, I want you to ask him personally, how can I give value to the people that the world has stolen value from and remind them that they share the same value as those of us in more preferred life situations? I think it's important before I, before I pray that I give you some examples to help you. Number one. Racist people. Donald Trump loving people. Right now it's really cool or it's, it's very socially... Awesome to, to just despise Donald Trump on any way you can. Maybe Jesus would gather someone like that up a hill. Come follow me up this hill, and he would sit them down. And he'd say, Listen, you are blessed. Everybody, everyone around you thinks that you're disposable. You are blessed. June is Pride Month. In Christian circles, that brings up a lot of... uh, You most certainly know. You most certainly know. People from that community who have been treated like they are disposable. Maybe you need to say, come on up this mountain. Sit in front of me and you say you are blessed. You are blessed. To look at them and right-size things. When you, you, and you know this happens. They, they'll be with people and they'll say, you are nothing and we are this. And you come along and this is what you do. I dare you to do it. That is exactly what Jesus is doing for this group of people. Sinners, messed up people, people who don't get it right. He calls them up the hill and he says, listen, gather around me, let's right-size things. I'm wanting us to join with Jesus doing that thing. Doing that thing. And if you're a Jesus follower, this is not optional. This isn't optional. This, This is what we do. Jesus is saying, The kingdom of heaven has come and I'm gonna right-size everything. So all the people who assume they're blessed because they're so, so good, I'm gonna right-size things. And all of you who are poor and are hungry and are thirsty, I'm gonna right-size things. Let's join him in that work of right-sizing things. Let's pray together. Dear Father, Jesus shows up here and he blesses people that just seemed unblessable to everyone who was standing around. And Jesus defies all odds and he says, blessed are the poor and the mourning and the people who can't get it right. He says, guess what? None of you guys can get it right. He right sizes everything and makes it very, very clear that we are all in the same boat. He says, I'm here to bless all of you. I pray that during this time of communion, when we are are thinking of your mission, your Kingdom come mission here on earth that we would show up alongside you and be your hands and your feet and do that work for you now that you are in heaven and we have the responsibility of doing it here on earth now. Help us to be the blessing that people who feel like they are disposable need desperately. Help us this week as we spend time in your word, to show, show us what you mean when you say blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Show us what you mean when you say blessed are those who mourn. And help us come back together